Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could, would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Road to World Football Show. I'm Patrick Darty, joined as always by Denny Carter on this fine Monday. We're allowed to say what day it is in the offseason. Uh, we're going to be continuing to assess the fallout from the 2023 NFL draft because that's really all there is to do right now. <laughs> <laughs> Not a whole lot going on. We're going to talk about some of our old favorites. Kadarius Toney getting talked right. up by the Chiefs yet again. Um, Sam Howell getting talked up by Commander's Media and front office yet again. Um, the Cowboys saying weird stuff about like backup third down backs yet again. Deuce Vaughn, rookie Deuce Vaughn, one of the, the more fun prospects in the draft uh, out of Kansas State, who we did talk about on the show glowingly. And is a really interesting prospect, but I have no idea kind of how he'll fit in at the NFL level. We're going to talk about that. Zay Flowers saying he fits the Ravens offense. Um, but then we got a, few, a little quarterback news. We'll start with all the top. You don't even know which quarterback I'm going to mention to you because there are two choices. Yeah, I'm, I'm nervous. But we have to lead. We're also going to talk about Denny's article, recent article on unexpected fantasy points. Um, some some like couch cushion fantasy points he didn't know existed Did not. last year that maybe we can find in 2023. But we do have to lead with the stunning breaking news um, from last week that the, <laughs> that the New York Jets are signing Randall Cobb. <laughs> oh, you, oh, you went with that one. All right. That the New York Jets are signing yeah. Randall Cobb. And uh, you called this a masterpiece of gaslighting from Aaron Rodgers. Can you take the, the folks through why you think that is and why I agree? I retweeted it. I, uh, I'm impressed. You know, it, it really is like if you want to learn, if you're a young man who wants to learn how to gaslight people, you need look no further than Aaron Rodgers. Because this guy is, is, is a genius, is a savant. When, he, when, it, when it comes to gaslighting. So he comes out uh, after an ESPN report says, hey, Aaron Rodgers gave a wish list to Robert Sala and the Jets organization saying, here are the players who I need on the team before I sign. And it included Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and Mercedes Lewis and Jordy Nelson. I'm kidding. But BJ, BJ Raji. Yeah. And, and, and all, all, you know, the whole gang. Okay. The whole mediocre gang. He wants back together with the Jets. And he says, no, 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 that, that's false. This is fake news. This is an attack by the press on me, an innocent person. And he says, he later says, no, 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 it, you, you don't understand media. It, uh, it was not a wish list. It was a, a list of wishes. 
This is totally different. Bill sure. Bill Clinton, you know, like nodding and like he even he has like never had like a like a sleight of hand with words like that. Um, I mean, Bill Clinton uh, uh, did did that uh, Antonio Banderas meme where he looked at the computer <laughs> and he went, "Oh." Aaron <laughs> Rodgers has been telling Jets fans what the definition of is is, and and and, and then so what what happens? Oh, they get all of the mid receivers that that you know, Rodgers wanted, according to this report from ESPN from like three three months ago. So that was all correct. But he he gaslighted everyone like he always does and says, no, 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 no. You were totally wrong. It was this, not that. And it ends up being this, the thing, the original thing. It is funny that for for being a football player who has not spent his professional career like honing his verbal skills, his, his sleight of hand, like with the verbiage, is basically second to none. And also, yeah, when he said I'm inoculated against yes. COVID-19. Yes, right? like, you know, like a politicians seriously wish they had his like verbal sleight of hand abilities. And it's also interesting with the, the wish list, by the way, we listed a bunch of, we would say maybe mediocre ex-Packers. It somehow had Meikle Hardman on it. <laughs> and uh, they ended up with Meikle Hardman. Uh-huh. And, uh, what, what is his like master plan for this receiver core? And it's very scary when, you know, they have a dynamic, super, like super dynamic young talent, reigning yeah. offensive rookie of the year in Garrett Wilson, and Aaron Rodgers just keeps telegraphing. He wants to throw to other people. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly what he keeps doing. And no one will listen. No, Jets fans won't listen. Fantasy folks won't won't listen. Uh, everybody, no, no, no. Garrett Wilson's good. And he is good. Like I've written about how good Garrett Wilson was with the worst quarterbacking in recent history last year. Okay. That's not a question. But the fact that Alan Lazard has to be on the team and Randall Cobb has to be on the team. And this is my favorite talking point. I'm just, I'm good. I'm going 15 different directions right now, but it's been on my mind. As you can tell, uh, Jets fans have a, have a talking point. Okay. Cause they, they get their talking points distributed every morning by the Jets organization. They get it in their email. And the talking point is this Randall Cobb, is the wide receiver five? Why are you worked up over the wide receiver five? <laughs> no, that is always what it, I, I thought you might. I thought they were going to go with coach on the field. No, I have news for you, Jets fans. He's not the wide receiver five. <laughs> He's the wide receiver two behind Alan. Oh, all right. I mean, come on. Okay. Uh, He's. I will say <laughs> to offer hope to Jets fans and fantasy managers. Aaron Rodgers not only gaslights fans, he also does gaslight his teammates. Where yes. he comes out and basically acts like Alan Lazard. Is like you know, the Godfather to all my children. Like we're actually looking into if we're literal <laughs> brothers. And then when the game starts, he's like, "All right, I'm throwing 19 times a game to Devonte Adams." And yeah, I think that that also, like a politician, his actions may not match his words, and that he's going to be throwing to Garrett Wilson 19 times a game. I, I think the where we're going with this conversation is that we want to congratulate uh, the future senator from Wisconsin, Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Or California. Who, who knows? You know, realignments are always taking place. Maybe yeah. he can run on a, uh, I was about to say, I, I was about to get too political, a certain kind of platform <laughs> in California. It is, it's um, a hard, it's a hard line to tell. I was going to mention a public figure who let's just call him junior. He has the suffix uh, junior at the end of his name. Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers is a big fan of him, mm-hmm. but yeah, we'll, we'll just see what happens. I think, it's off to a poor start, is all I can say, is Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. And when he was looking, he looked very sullen under the, the gray sky, get to work practice photos they tweeted last week. Where it's like, ah, oh, this uh, really happened, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, seemed like it was really fun game, mind game to play. 
but now it's like i gotta play actual games and yeah like just a good so, idea at the time that's true and actually he did have that face on like oh <laughs> so i have to i have to go out there huh yeah, um, i know it does seem like at this stage of his career he enjoys the mind uh, game so this is more. not Green Bay. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Uh, and uh, so uh, just so people know, like gaslighting is designed to make you feel crazy. And when you were, you were correct the whole time. Okay. Yeah. So that that's, I, I, I don't know if everybody's familiar with that term, but like, cause, cause you're, oh no, no, it was a wish list. It was a wish. No, it wasn't. You were wrong. It was a list of wishes. Yes, people, and then you go, oh, I must be crazy. People who tweet 69 times an hour, like you do, Denny, um, they know what gaslighting is because they're <laughs> online. Uh, some of our less online may not have known a word that has gone quite viral yeah. in recent years. And Denny, you know who's going to go viral in 2023? First round Ravens wide receiver Zay Flowers. He said, the offense fits my style perfectly. Uh, when asked how he could contribute as a rookie in 2023, looking like a slot only guy coming out of Boston College, but as yeah. listeners of the show know, as draft aficionados know, he was someone who commanded targets in a really, really bad Boston College offense. Like, kind of had special traits shining through, even if the stats were, were really good, but they weren't elite. Like, for some people, like if you were just looking at like his sports reference page, you might not be entirely clear on how, how Zay Flowers was first round pick, but he tested very well. Uh, like everything kind of like looks set up for success, especially with the Ravens switching their offensive approach under new offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin. I always want to say Munkin, but Connor Rogers set us straight. It's Munkin. Yeah. Um, so Zay's going to get a lot of hype all summer. He's going to be one of those ADP guys. We love rookies. We look for any reason to like cling to the new thing. Whereas like Rashad Bateman used to be that guy. He's burned fantasy managers now really badly. Each of his first two NFL seasons, but really good chance he could still just end up being the Ravens receiver to roster. How do you prioritize between Zay Flowers and Rashad Bateman heading into 2023? I mean, the, the, the Ravens offense would need to change pretty drastically for I think for Flowers to have like a, a viable, a fantasy viable weekly role for, for 12 team purposes. Okay. Like if we're going to whittle it down and, I don't want I don't want not in my league Twitter to come knocking down our doors. Oh, we are. <laughs> you know, well, in my 16 team league, I'm in a 14 team league that's AFC only, and that's curious. And so Zay Continue. Flowers is your wide receiver one. Yes, exactly. Continue though. Yeah, I mean he uh, he's he's somewhat he was somewhat of a of a polarizing prospect coming out of college because mm-hmm. he stayed a fourth year, which is not not the greatest thing. Um, his dominator rating. Like, you know, his, his air yards and, and target share domination was almost off the charts. But again, like you said, really bad offenses. Uh, so it's hard to know how much stock to put into that. Um, there, there's also the issue of the competition he faced versus other prospects. So it's like, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I think that he should be, we should have a little more skepticism about Zay Flyers than, than we do currently. I also think that the target domination of Mark Andrews kind of kind of chops the uh, the upside off of everybody in this offense, unless again Lamar Jackson suddenly going to to throw the ball five hundred times. It's interesting to hear Denny truthing the ACC. I know Maryland has left the ACC, but you're talking about it basically like it was a group oh. of five conference, Denny. Um, I mean, it's not the SEC. It's not the SEC, but he he did play. He played in a good conference. I, I'm I'm more than satisfied with 33 percent 
of Zay Flowers' career production coming against Syracuse. I don't know about you. No, I mean, I, I, that's a fake stat, by the way. Sounds, sounds real. Sounds yeah, it does. Real. You, you hit on just a really important point. This all hinges on the Ravens actually following through on their offense. They're changing offensive philosophy. It all hinges on basically everything that was wrong with the Ravens' passing attack being Greg Roman's fault and not Lamar Jackson's fault. And I'm sure a lot of it was the offensive approach. I mean, there's just you – no, know, I mean <laughs> – the proof was in the pudding with the run rate, uh, but still, like the we're, we're, we've really we've like accepted as an article of faith. They're like, all right, the play caller's gone. Like Lamar Jackson's now going to throw thirty-five times a game. Like he's checkmate. not, and yeah, I know. So he's just not, is he? Um, no, no. I mean, that's not the way it, it works with with guys who can run for first downs instead of checking it down for a five-yard gain. That's something Lamar Jackson will never do, has never done, and honestly should never do. Like, like, uh, you know, same with Jalen Hurts. Like, why, why dump it off to Kenny Gainwell when Jalen Hurts can easily run for seven yards and get out of bounds and not take a hit? Like that, that, that's efficient football. That's why the Eagles had the highest EPA per rush last year, and it wasn't close because of Jalen Hurts, not because of Miles Sanders or any or any of the other inefficient rushers. So, getting back to the Baltimore offense, yeah, I, I think that there's a chance that this summer that we as fantasy analysts uh, overblow this shift in offensive philosophy for Baltimore, where suddenly we're talking about them like the, I don't know, like the Matthew Stafford lions throw, dropping back 700. Or just like the Jameis Winston bucks under Todd Munkin, who did throw like 45 times a game. But and Jameis Winston, one of the least mobile quarterbacks. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. just like a totally different situation. Things like fantasy managers so far, Definitely hedging their bets. The first week of ADP, an underdog from May 1st to May 8th. Zay Flowers is the 93rd overall player. Rashad Bateman's the 105th really? overall player. Yeah, so it is interesting. Early sharp drafters, the people who are drafting even before the schedule comes out, Denny, which we know is just an absolute scandal. Come on. You don't draft before the schedule comes out. Have Zay ahead, but by 12 spots, and they have neither one of them, like premium ADP position. One's not even cracking the top 100. It definitely seems like a situation where everyone is kind of like waiting for more information. And it's going to also be a situation where like one camp report, I feel like can dramatically save Jameson Hensley posts during like mandatory mini camp or just even in OTAs this month. Ravens are like, look like a whole new offense, you know, throwing every play, like little stuff like that is going to have a big effect on these ADPs. I feel like I, I would take, um, I would pay, take Bateman straight up over Zay Flowers. I was actually going to ask you if were you still a Bateman believer? Anyway. Yeah, I, I, and and last summer I was mostly out on Bateman because in a Greg Roman offense, you're I'm sorry, but you're not going to have two fantasy viable pass catchers. You're just not like maybe maybe in a uh, in this new offense, maybe yes they they will. But uh, if you if you look at the small sample from Rashad Bateman last season, it really wasn't that bad. Uh, I know that's not a ringing endorsement. But you know, oh, the, tell me more. He wasn't that. Listen, I, I'm here to tell you about players who were not that bad. Uh, <laughs> Rashad Bateman is one of them. He ran 116 routes. He was targeted on 24% of those routes, which is not unbelievable. It's not uh, Kadarius Tony like, but it's also not bad. It's not bad. 24%, especially when you have a target hog like Mark Andrews in the offense. That's okay. Uh, he was, uh, I believe, top 10 in yards per route run. So, you know, he was, he's good. He's good. And I, I think that he's the wide receiver one. I mean, now Andrews is obviously the top guy, 
but I think that he should be treated as the wide receiver one over Flowers. He was top 10 in yards per route run because his role, they were just having such an identity crisis. He had 15 catches last year, but he had, so he had 285 yards and like 15 catches. It was basically running as like Deshaun Jackson and his prime averaging almost 20 yards per catch. Like this, just a total identity crisis in that offense. Yeah. And the year before he was being more used as like a compiler. And it was just, there was a lot. They, that Ravens offense went off the rails last and, year. And, and, and Bateman showed uh, when healthy, he's really good after the catch. Uh, there are a couple nerdy metrics. I won't, I won't bore you guys, but said that he was the best in the league in, uh, in, in doing, doing stuff after the catch, like being very productive after the catch. I, I don't, I don't think that, you know, he's going to lose that uh, coming into his only his second season. I know it feels like he's been in the league for 10 third, years. Third, it actually is his third, third. season. I'm yeah. sorry. We're, we're looking into it. It is his third. Uh, yeah. Uh, he just absolutely rocked the doing stuff after the catch metric. Yes. Uh, you know, this rocks that metric, Denny, uh, someone that we really like, we actually need like NBC management like <laughs> to sit us down. Like, listen, no one's getting fired. Like this isn't your fault. But we have to stop talking about Kadarius Tony <laughs> on the Roto World Football Show. It's not allowed anymore. Yeah. And like we know that it's not your guys' fault, but it will be your fault from now on if you continue to do it. Uh, we just cannot talk about Kadarius Tony anymore. But Denny, what are we supposed to do when yeah. Chiefs GM Brett Veach says, "I don't know if there's a limit on Kadarius Tony's oh. game because he has a vertical game and ba- just greasing the skids, basically." This- sounding the ADP siren, like go get Kadarius Tony. The hamstrings have been glued and soldered back together and it's all <laughs> systems go for Kadarius Tony. At least what do we even do with this kind of quote? Like how in the world do we manage a problem like Kadarius Tony right now? So Brett, what, I mean, what this comes down to really is Brett Veach is trying to get us into trouble with NBC higher ups. Yes. Um, I mean, how can we not talk about this? It's insane. You know, yeah. I mean, Kadarius Tony, is you know a, a metrics god on earth he just he is like he pops in all of them after the catch before the catch yards per route run targets per route run he 27 target per route run last year that was 13th in the league last year uh, um hold on i have it here uh third i'm sorry no wait a second he was third in target per, per route run in 2021 with the giants last year he was fourth in yards per route run i mean it's just it's just sickening that this guy can't get, <laughs> can't get more targets. And look, I'm not saying Kadarius Tony's the kind of playmaker and the kind of producer who doesn't need 160 targets to get there. Like he just he, can. Can we get 110 targets for, for Kadarius Tony? Like that. That would be pretty pretty great if he can continue to produce the way he has the past couple seasons. I I don't I don't really know what exactly to do here. I I haven't given up. But, you know, the fact that they drafted Rasheed Rice, you know, that they apparently are talking about Sky Moore like he's a thing. You know, I, 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 feel, like, uh, I feel like you have to be a little bit skeptical. But, man, Kadarius Tony is just incredibly uh, tempting here. He's currently the wide receiver 38, an underdog. I, feel, I see no way that's not, you know, eventually steamed into the top 36, a.k.a. wide receiver three, and quite possibly steamed into the top 30. And it's because, like, Really, like, what is the case against him? Basically, it comes down to he's been hurt for two years, so obviously he'll be hurt for a third. Uh, and yeah. we know that doesn't usually work out that way, especially when it's like like these weird little muscle injuries, and it's not like he's suffered any structural damage. But man, it's just it's also 
maybe he is. Maybe he's one of the, the rare guys who is injury prone. And maybe he just puts too much stress on his muscles and joints with the way he cuts, which is unlike any other player in the NFL, basically, with the stop-start right. ability. He's like LaShawn McCoy, basically the way he jump cuts and his stop-start ability. And maybe yeah. it's just too much pressure. But, yeah, I mean, when you look – if you could turn off injuries – we just know. I mean, he'd be he'd be a top twenty receiver. He'd probably be a top eighteen, maybe a top twelve. And in a game where everyone's basically injury or prone, because you're always one hit away from getting injured, you probably just need to be prepared to get hurt again. I, I am prepared to get hurt again. I will be drafting Kadarius Tony. I'll just uh, we'll say that. I know. I mean, I I honestly uh, used to like watching Kadarius Tony play, um, and I don't really like doing that anymore because every time he makes a cut, he's hurt. And so. I would I would ask Kadarius. I know he's a big fan of the show. Uh, maybe don't do that. You know, maybe don't stick your leg in the ground at 100 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could see how it would create injuries. And I mean, it's your cool. Body might not be able to plant and go like that. It's very cool to watch occasionally, but when you've seen the same thing over and over and over again. Um, it gets uh, it gets a, a little bit old, so uh, you know maybe one uh, discover another way to run, and then and then you'll be good. <laughs> Do you have anything to say about second rounder Rasheed Rice? Kind of their do over on the Sky Moore pick. Um, yeah. Maybe it's not a do over. They they needed receiver depth it's badly, especially with Juju Smith Schuster departing in free agency. So Rasheed Rice, uh, his arrival doesn't necessarily spell the end for Sky Moore. But have you developed an opinion on Rasheed Rice yet, or just not really? Well, I, I mean, there are, there are several you know metrics about his production around his production in college that that speak to a, a guy who could make an immediate impact. Um, but again, I mean, he, he went where he went in the draft because there were there were question marks about yeah, 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 um, yeah, can yeah. he can he translate his college production to to the pro level uh, as a as a as a hyped rookie in the Kansas City offense catching passes from Patrick Mahomes. He's probably going to get steamed, as the Zoomers say, uh, past an ADP where I'm comfortable taking him. And uh, I, I, I would tend in this offense, which distributes the ball almost, almost at random. Sometimes, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> it's at, at, outside of Kelsey, of course. Uh, you maybe you just maybe just take the the lowest ADP guy. Uh, you know, maybe that's that's the move. We have seen too. They they have the luxury of not forcing the issue. Uh, although they did force the issue with Sky more on returns for some reason, and that like nearly blew up their season several times. Yes, with the hopefully he's got that figured out. But you know, Rasheed Rice, it's like the, it, I can't think of a, like a more textbook like boom bust risk reward because so much upside upside to his playing style, so much upside in this offense, so many targets available in this offense, but also just a, a team with Patrick Mahomes that doesn't need to force the issue because he's going to complete the ball. Whoever is like technically sound at any given moment, and Rasheed Rice coming in the league as a rookie, him just may not be that guy, and he really may be Sky Moore 2.0 as a rookie. So, a lot of genuine ceiling. Like you can't ignore the ceiling, but it's the same thing where you can't ignore the downside. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna move on from Kadarius Tony until next week. But I, I thought it was interesting. The Rams uh, GM Les Snead. I was talking up sixth round running back Zach Evans, who I think some people in the draft community liked. Marty, like they're all like all the prospects like blurring together to me now. I'm trying to remember <laughs> things about Zach Evans, but I know his name came up a few times. We had an interesting career at TCU and Ole Miss. Fell to the sixth round of the Rams. 
but talking him up, I'm not asking you about Zach Evans because I expect like Zach Evans to really be like a rookie factor. But I'm just wondering. So they're talking up a rookie running back. How do we feel about Cam Akers, who was left for dead in fantasy, left for dead by the Rams? Basically, they were trying to work out a trade for him, and it didn't happen. Yeah. And then just kind of against all odds, he reseized like lead back duties, like pretty convincingly down the stretch in December. And are, are we maybe like nearing a this time it counts with Cam Akers? He's going to be like two years removed from his torn Achilles tendon this summer. And maybe he's like entering the Deontay Foreman zone where he's finally healthy. Or are you just avoiding the Rams backfield? Or like, like you said with the Chiefs receivers, is the Rams backfield just the classic take the cheapest running back? I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think Akers with, with enough hype around Evans and enough skepticism about Cam Akers' health and his, and his production. I mean, remember him coming back from this Achilles early, like earlier than anyone expected. Wait, yeah, way. Some would say far too early. Many, I've I've seen many say that uh, <laughs> it was two to five months too early. Uh, and 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 I'm not I'm not joking about it because it is it's a serious thing. Like this, it's a, it's this guy's career, and you would like to see him perform. Uh, at his potential uh, when he gets back on the field. And, and obviously he was not able to do that until late last year. And I, you know, I mean, if you, if you look at the, the opportunity and production uh, over the final month of the season, it was pretty, you have, nice. yeah, you have Cam Akers uh, fifth in rushing attempts, uh, second behind only Tyler Algier in rushing yards. May God uh, rest his soul. You know, I, <laughs> Yes. Uh, although I will have him on every team, obviously. Oh, my gosh. Um, and uh, you never know. This, this is what I'm saying. Uh, Cam Akers, yeah, this is a boomer stat, I understand. But yards uh, <clears throat> yards per carry is five, five and a half over that stretch. So it's it, what I'm saying is it's not like, and there are some other metrics to point to, the Rams were not just like stuffing it into Cam Akers' belly and saying, we give us three yards in a cloud of dust, Cam. Like he was actually productive and and borderline impressive through much of that last month of the regular season. If that can carry over into this season, I, I could, I could see Cam Akers being a pretty huge value. Now the, the way that fantasy analysis goes and the savviness of, of today's fantasy manager, typical fantasy manager. I don't know. I don't know if you're going to get away with much uh, ADP wise with the guy. No, like that's a really good point. To add a little more context, over 100 yards rushing in each of his final three games, uh, averaging 5.47 yards per carry over his final four games the final month. He he hit five yards per carry in each of those four games. So it wasn't like one game he averaged like 8.2 yards per carry, yeah. another 3.1, you know, which again is a boomer stat. But all this was happening against the backdrop of having no passing attack. There were, the Rams' offense was super predictable with Baker Mayfield and no passing game weapons. He just seemed like – it really did seem like some of that explosion behind a horrible offensive line. Some, but he, he did face the Chargers, and he faced the Seahawks, two really bad defenses. But it just seemed like kind of some of his physical ability, which was really prodigious before the injury was coming back, and the human body does eventually heal. Although my physical therapist has told me the Achilles doesn't really uh, – <laughs> it's, it's forever shorter after you rupture it. But – Deontay Foreman got better. Maybe Cam Akers is just getting better. And a guy who, before he got hurt, they talked about as a three-down player. Right. Um, I mean, I know, I know, folks have short memories, including myself. But uh, memories of ants. 
we were right. We were very much looking forward to three down cam acres. I mean, he, he seemed like that, the kind of guy who could deliver with that kind of workload. Um, and yeah, I mean, sometimes it just, it just takes longer. I mean, I remember Jamal Charles after one of his catastrophic injuries, um, took a little bit longer than we wanted for him to, to come, come back. And when he was all the way back, he was very good. He was back to his old self. Sometimes it's just, it just takes time. Now, if, if Cam Akers is like a, a dead zone running back, this is something that we call the what third to sixth round. I'm into it. I'm into it. You're in? Even in the third, you're in? Uh, Probably not. I don't know. I mean, I don't think you know, knowing yeah. you personally. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, don't I don't think you'd ever take Cam Akers in the third round. Yeah. I, I, I mean, maybe if I was uh, under threat of death. Perhaps. He's currently he's going ahead. He's going one spot behind Isaiah Pacheco, one spot ahead of Rashad White. He's in like the David Montgomery, Javante Williams zone, well, James Conner zone, and I, I do feel like it's a situation where he has a considerable amount more upside than a lot of those options. Yeah, name, name some of those players again. He's one spot ahead of Rashad White. He's two spots ahead of James Conner, three ahead of David Montgomery, yeah. uh, Javante Williams, James Cook. So like he's in. He is in the dead zone. He's in the question mark zone. Yeah. And I guess the question is like, do we believe in his upside as the, he's the RB 24 right now? Exactly. So he's the lowest end RB two. And right. And to really get a return on that ADP investment as the RB 24, you need him to be like the RB 18 to 20. I feel like for that to be like truly worth it. Um, but he he was that down the stretch. So um, I would, I would take him right now over uh, Rashad white and, uh, James Cook. Would you take him over David Montgomery? Uh, that's a little. Uh, that's where it kind of gets iffy for me. I'd probably lean Montgomery there. Would you take him over James Conner? What a weird one no. that is. No. You take James Conner over him? Wow. I mean, is James like James Conner's just gonna have a, have a big, big role again? You know? Would you take him over Isaiah Pacheco? Uh yeah, uh, yes. I actually would not. If you were drafting today, final one, would you take Cam Akers or Joe Mixon? Oh man, that's tough. That's tough because the I'd Bengals say Cam Akers for sure. Bengals don't even know who Joe Mixon is right now. Um, so yeah, the point with Joe Mixon, I think even if he stays on the team, they're basically signaling like P Ryan season or uh, Chase Brown season. Chase Brown, yeah, that's the one. They they seem to they seem over it as they probably should be. Yeah, I think uh, so for a variety of reasons. We are over this uh, segment. Because we're going to take a quick break and be right back after this. Every season is draft season. Get your Roto World Draft Guide bundled today and dominate your football, baseball, and basketball drafts. It's packed with profiles, rankings, and projections. Order today and get all three Roto World Draft Guides for the price of two. Plus, use promo code BARRY and save an extra 20% off at checkout. That's promo code B E R R Y to save an extra 20% off at checkout. And don't forget, Download the Rotorold app to see breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players in your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It is available in your app store today. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. 
NextGuard Plus Chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease. Plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Then I had to go into like promo voice there, and it was, it was, it was hard to pull off with my 69th cold. Of yeah. yeah I, Excuse me. <laughs> you know, we got we to gotta respect Pat for uh, – Getting sick and staying sick. Well, yeah. I mentioned this because I actually think your voice is sounding a little weaker than mine today. You got some allergies too. What's going on? You know what it is, and this is not a humble brag. Uh, when I run, uh, the the breathing oh, yeah. it messes up my throat. It, it just does. I don't know. You take your breathing three hours to go back to normal after you do a run. No, no, I don't mean. I don't mean like I'm like gassed. I just mean like. The actual like breathing in and out hard yeah, because I'm yeah, out of shape. Yeah. Uh, it uh, it just it just ruins. Like yeah, I I do sound I do sound weird. I'm actually like projecting more than usual because uh, I'm afraid that my voice is gonna give out. I, I didn't mean to highlight that. I'm sorry. I thought, I, <laughs> but, I'm not looking. I'm not. I thought you were getting. Uh, I thought maybe you were getting allergies or a cold or something. Um, no, I'm not weak. Yeah, exactly. I know. <laughs> That's why I'm in the time pointing to my immune system in the mirror. Mm. Yeah, my immune system, I think, finally is back to being robust. Where I'm getting my kids' colds, and they're just now normal colds again, mm. instead of whatever the hell kept just knocking me out. Yeah, that was quite quite something. And spring, it's also 90 degrees in St. Louis now. I think cold season's over. It's 90. Yeah, it was 90. It was 93 degrees yesterday in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, that is that's shocking to someone who lives in Maryland where it has not cracked 70 degrees for a month. Which is interesting because usually we have the exact same climate kind of as that DC Virginia triangle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, hell on earth. Didn't it? <laughs> uh, I can barely wear pants. Again. I, mean, I, I try to be a, I, I'm like, I've tried to become a responsible adult where I only wear shorts when it's just truly too hot. Right. In St. Louis, it's truly too hot, like pretty much the entire summer. So you're wearing shorts right now? No, I am wearing pants, and I'll oh, be honest, I'm a, I'm a little hot. Dude, I mean, it's May. There's no shorts allowed. What is this, Hawaii? I'm going to be wearing pants to pick up my daughter later. I'll be like the only adult who's still trying to, you don't understand. Yeah, You don't wear shorts, and yeah. I'm just ostracized. Uh, I, I'm I'm going to pick up my kids later and wear dress pants. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. we can, might get some feedback from some of our loyal listeners who I know do not share our opinion. Oh, um, oh, they're going to be they're going to be beside themselves. I, I'm the Denny. I, no, no, I'm saying some of like the loyal, like the Denny reply guys who normally yeah. are on Team Denny will be savaging you for this. I know they're they're going to they're going to destroy because they, they're all about shorts all all day every day. I wear shorts in the house. I wear shorts to uh, 
to grocery store when it's 35 degrees outside. Uh, and I don't know what that is. Well, I don't know what that's about. There's no reason to do that. Power. Um, I, people wear shorts on a plane. This, power this, over this, nature. Power this, over your Don't wear shorts on a plane. I actually, on. not to get elitist, I fully, I don't, I wouldn't be caught dead wearing shorts on a plane. Wear pants. Um, this is my this is my uh, effort to make you look like an adult. You need to when you get off the plane, like and say, you know, where you get onto the gangway or whatever, and it's not like totally sealed, and the humidity has hit you like a the wettest blanket you've ever felt in your <laughs> life. You have to be wearing pants. That's you just you got you got to tough it out, folks. That's what adults do. Sometimes you just have to be uncomfortable. You got to tough out the latest Cowboys luxury pick. Uh, although actually it was a day three pick, not really a luxury pick. <laughs> and they took someone we talked about several times in the pre-draft buildup, Deuce Vaughn out of Kansas State, who's only five foot seven, but like Darren Sproles before him at K State, uh, so productive, so shifty, production that belied his small frame. He's ended up in a place that has some touches for the taking. Tony Pollard had like the off season from heaven. Basically I said, I'm having the summer from hell. Uh, Tony Pollard, he survived the loss of Ezekiel Elliott with only Ronald Jones. Yeah. It was Rico Dottle, I think was already on the roster. Malik Davis was a little interesting down the stretch. There are touches for the taking. And I guess the problem with Deuce Vaughn may, so the Cowboys have called him a weapon was the whole point of this question. Yes. It's not really a question. Um, they called him a weapon. But is he fighting for the same touches as Tony Pollard? And is he like not the kind of change of pace back the Cowboys need? Or can there be room in this now Kellen Moore-less offense, a.k.a. far less creative, for there to be kind of a change of pace behind the change of pace? Tony Pollard, who's going to function as like an Austin Eckler type lead back. Maybe he handles a few more carries than Austin Eckler, actually. But this, yeah. where, where do the touches come from for, for Deuce Vaughn, if anywhere, in this offense? Uh I think that there is a path to to some volume here, and obviously to upside. Should should Tony Pollard miss any time, crossing myself right now. Um, and uh, sorry to get religious, but uh, yeah, I mean, Deuce Vaughn uh, in an offense guided and coached and 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 crafted by Mike McCarthy, who has recently said that he doesn't want to score too many points. I think that we there is a path to rushing volume. Like if he's going to stick by his guns and say, "Hey, look. Like we're we want to we want to bleed the clock. We want to run it. We want to establish it. We only want to pass when absolutely necessary with our 600 million dollar quarterback and <laughs> and uh and our franchise receiver." Um then then yeah, I mean I think that Deuce Vaughn could could possibly see, you know, 10 10 touches a game somewhere somewhere in there if the if the game script is right. I could see him being very game script dependent, I guess is what I'm saying. But I, I think he's a very interesting pick, especially if you're fading early early round running backs. Speaking of like early round running backs, and Tony Pollard is going to be one. He was last year. Even with Ezekiel Elliott there, Tony Pollard reached 193 carries, which is actually smack dab in the middle of the Eckler zone. Eckler was 204 last year. Yeah. How much room for growth do we think there is for Tony? I mean, they're not going to make Tony Pollard like a 250 carry player, are they? No. And like, I feel like if they keep Tony Pollard around 200, I mean, was, someone's getting carries. Malik right. Davis, Ronald Jones. I mean, hopefully Deuce Vaughn is one of them. But I could, I could also see like a very unsatisfying like door number three option is for some reason getting 90 carries for the Cowboys this year. And it's it's a weird, it's a really really weird situation. I mean, yeah. I mean, just just for 
for skeptics and and I count myself as one for you know a running back who's five foot seven. I mean that's just incredibly small. Um, but uh, Deuce Vaughn was ninth in the nation last year in rushing attempts with two hundred and forty four um, at Kansas State. So I mean he he can handle seemingly handle a workload at least at least in college. Um, he had thirteen hundred yards, which was among the uh, the most in the nation. So I I do think that he he's a guy who can eat into Tony Pollard's early down role, whatever that is. And honestly, the Cowboys, you know, I know that they had some, some turnover with Kellen Moore leaving and Mike McCarthy taking over, but philosophically they, that, that team, that franchise has never seen Tony Pollard as an every down back. And I, I don't, I don't think that that changes. I, I'm not, I'm not trying to say you, you can't draft Tony Pollard because he's explosive. He's efficient. Does a lot with a little, that's going to continue. But I, I do think that we need to ratchet back a little bit on thinking that, okay, Zeke's gone, so Tony Pollard's going to see 25 carries a game. There, there is no universe where that's happening. No, and the Cowboys, though, I was just thinking like galaxy brain takes out the Cowboys, who last year they were one, two, they were sixth in the league with 531 carries. And like so much of that went out the door with Ezekiel Elliott. And like all the signaling, all the telegraphing is more rush attempts. But I almost wonder, like, even as they're like ever more heavily philosophically going in on the run, if the attempts end up coming way down, just because they're going to be so much more efficient without Ezekiel Elliott. But I, I just don't know who like that second true option is going to yeah. be. I don't know for sure if it's going to be Deuce Vaughn. I guess he might be the favorite, but I could just easily see like Malik Davis yeah. or R- Ronald Jones. But I think kind of no matter what happens, my take is going to be they're going to have less raw rushing, even though they're more philosophically built on the run just because they're going to be so much more fit. And like, I know people get tired of us piling on Ezekiel Elliott, but they're just, he was that inefficient. Yeah, they're right. just going to be, it is addition by sub- subtraction in the efficiency department with Zeke gone. He was, I mean, he was at the bottom of every metric uh, in, in measuring, you know, what running backs did with their carries basically. Uh, and yeah, so I, I do, I do think that's, that's right. I think, I don't think Ronald Jones will be on the roster. Uh, come come week one, so I think we can kind of cross that one off. Malik Davis, though, you know, hey, I believe I tweeted several times last year that Malik Davis looked like the team's best running back for a while. Oh my there. gosh! So, uh, something you would tweet. I'm I'm holding I'm holding on that I'm holding that candle. Uh, we have a Sam Howell thing here. Should we talk about this? Or should we just skip Sam Howell? Yeah, well, I, I, we want to just emphasize that oh, Sam right. Howell will not, will not be the starter this year. Well, have we? I, I don't know if I want to emphasize that. I, I'd like to emphasize All right, I'm going to find we'll get into it. ESPN's John Keim reports that second-year quarterback Sam Howell has shown enough to convince the commanders that he is their starter, Denny Carter. Uh, I think he is going to be the starter. I'll just be honest. I do think he's going to be the starter. I didn't even get to the part two of the question, but I'll let you answer part one first. Uh, Sam Howe will start the season and will begin the season as starter. Obviously uh, he will be quickly yanked by Ron Rivera because Ron Rivera does not do the struggling young quarterback thing and always, always wants to go with the middling veteran. And honestly, in this case, Jacoby Brissett is not so middling. And we'll talk about that in a minute. He's pretty good. And I think that, that I think that Brissett is, is a superior option to how now, uh, if the if Washington wants to tank for a good uh, you know draft spot, then I guess you go maybe you go with Hal. But Ron Rivera is coaching for his job. 
So I, I think that he's going to go with Brissett. I just had a realization that Ron Rivera is going to be fired midseason. Um, I mean, it, that that's that seems likely. Just for beyond the obvious reasons, new ownership. You know, like, this era is clearly going nowhere. Like pretty much, I mean, I, I think most of the fan base probably will just assume Ron Rivera will not be back in 2024. And I, I don't know what this means with regards to this question, but I do think Ron Rivera will probably just be fired midseason. Um, but Sam Howell, my question was, so say he actually like wins the starting job convincingly and becomes like the real deal starter. We've had no issue whatsoever. Basically, he's putting Anthony Richardson in like the second or third tier at quarterback. Like it's already just like talk about articles of faith. Like we're just like Anthony Richardson is one of the fancy quarterbacks to own in 2023. I mean, Sam Howell had almost a thousand yards rushing his final year in college how high do we have to get Sam Howell in these rankings, Denny Carter? Because we know that dual threat, uh, you may not like it, but it's what peak uh, fantasy yeah. quarterback performance looks like. You're right. I do not like it. Um, look, uh, Sam Howell in his, in his lone start last year was actually quite bad. I just was. Wanna, I know. I, I, this I mean, does tend to get memory hold for some yeah, reason. Like I, I know Washington beat up on Dallas and it was, that was fun for Washington fans and everything, but Sam Howell was borderline atrocious in that game. Uh, 28th in um, pat- in completion rate over expected just for, for one stat. There are several that point to him being not so good through the air. I, I, I guess I guess the, there, there's some rushing appeal. You, you talked about his rushing production in North Carolina. So that, that could definitely change the calculus. Um, but I, I, <laughs> and I know I joked earlier this offseason about Sam Howe stepping into the Patrick Mahomes role in the Eric Bannon <laughs> and no one caring, but I want, I want Jacoby Reset to step into the Patrick Mahomes role here. Uh, I, I would, I would rank him as a uh, mid uh, low quarterback too. He's currently on underdog going behind Desmond Ritter, which seems appalling oh. to me. Oh, I don't know about that. He's I, also I, going behind Brock Purdy, which I, I don't. Is the guy even going to play? What? Like, uh, uh, yeah, I guess I'm higher on <laughs> Sam Howell yeah, than the consensus. Or would you take Sam Howell or Kenny Pickett? Oh God, that's whole. That's a horrible choice. I think uh, you take Sam Howell. I mean, I've been leading the I Sam mean, Howell hating charge. I don't know you, how, in good conscience, you take Kenny Pickett over Sam okay. Howell. Here's the thing, though. You. Wait, wait, you said I'm leading the charge? No, no, no. I said I have been. Oh, yeah. okay. So with Kenny Pickett, you know you're getting 16, 17 starts. Come on, no man. Man. Come no on, matter dude, what. Do you know how many games there are? No, it's, I'm never going to get used to that. I'm still my, my old man. make it an odd number. This is America. It's an right. even number of games. Even numbers. This is what Actually, the founders please intended. God, please, God, don't make it an even number and go to 18. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's an even number, Pat? Twenty-two. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm I'm declaring seventeen an even number. Yeah, I I actually might move to Canada if it becomes twenty. Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, so Kenny Pickett gets seventeen starts because it doesn't matter how poorly he plays. Um, That's because true. he he's a Pittsburgh kid and he's tough and he's gonna he's gonna get in there and he's gonna do his thing and so it doesn't matter. So he's gonna get seventeen starts. But Sam Howe, I'm telling you. He's gonna get yanked by Rivera. The second he he throws a dumb looking interception, Rivera's gonna be like, "Look, man, I don't want to get fired tomorrow." Brissett, you're in. And then he will still get fired tomorrow anyway. Yes. Uh, so, but then he'll have wrecked his confidence. I mentioned Brock Purdy, which brings us to our final question. 
NBC Sports' Matt Mayoko, a friend of the show, has been on the show. We'll probably try to have on the show again this summer. Believes that Sam Darnold, quote, might be the most talented thrower in 49ers history, the franchise of Joe Montana and Steve. I'm not saying this. Is, I'm not trying to mock Matt Mayoko. It kind of does speak to Sam Darnold always looks like this when there's no one else around, when he's in shorts and T-shirts, when it's in a clean pocket. But he's never had anywhere even approaching Kyle Shanahan. We've talked about several times on this show that he didn't sign up the 49ers to be the number three quarterback. We know that's just straight up not happening because he could have easily been the number two for almost any team in the league. He went to San Francisco with some kind of assurance he's going to either get the starting opportunity or be the number two. Like, is this this kind of – it's weird the way things work in the NFL. Like, I feel like there's always, like, a process by which franchises – kind of enlist the media to get the fan base used to ideas. Mm. And I just feel like the 49ers are into overdrive, trying to get people used to the idea that Sam Darnold is <laughs> starting for this team. And what do you think is going on with this? Yes, we're, we're going to need you, you fans to wrap your heads around the idea of Sam Darnold as our franchise quarterback. Uh, I, you know, Brock Purdy is kind of up in the air for to, to open the season. Uh, Kyle Shanahan has already said Trey Lance and Sam Darnold will quote split first team snaps. Okay. Well, at the same time, also saying he has never heard of Trey Lance. (laughs) (laughs) That is, that is is something the media, I don't know where the media is on that. that. Kyle Shannon continues to to say he's under oath. Now he said he doesn't know who Trey Lance is. (laughs) He has quote, never seen him nor interacted with him. (laughs) It's quite the scandal. uh, Considering he got two starts last year, but, uh, uh, I mean, uh, Darnold. I do. I do want to mention, and we we mentioned this in the in the blurb here. Uh, only five quarterbacks had a higher EPA per play than Darnold from week twelve to week eighteen last season, when he was uh, Carolina starter. Can you hopefully you can keep your train of thought? It was in an offense that had one of the best rushing attacks in the yeah. NFL, and he will have Absolutely. in San Francisco. That's right. He posted a career high eight point two adjusted yards per attempt. That's like. There's like a huge increase over his, I think his career is like 6.6. Okay. Like they, there, there are signs that point to Sam Darnold being not so bad if he's in a system where he can be a game manager. And what does that sound like? What does that sound? That sounds like Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Uh, that sounds like Brock Purdy. It sounds like for, for a while, uh, who was Garoppolo's backup who did okay. Anyway, DJ Beathard, Nick Mullins, take yeah, your pick. those guys, right? So, I'm not saying anyone can succeed in, in this offense, but a lot of guys can. And uh, I I honestly would not be shocked if Darnold by August is the lead, is the favorite to start the season while Purdy gets right. And I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he performs in this offense in a way that makes it nearly impossible to just insert Brock Purdy back into the, back into the starters role. I mean, this offense turned the literal final pick of the draft into an NFC Championship game starting quarterback. So yeah, yeah. It, it is just weird of Sam Darnold because we've seen him crack in the literal sense, crack under the pressure so many times. He just cannot handle yeah. NFL pressure. But he did have his best season last year under horrible circumstances, like truly adverse circumstances. He took like a pretty unexpected step forward, not to overstate the degree of this. Like you still like dig into his box stores. You're like, this is a step forward. Like this is uh, oh, well, some of the advanced low, stats were more intriguing than the real stats. Right. It was low low volume. I know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, and as far as protection goes, uh, so Carolina actually was ninth 
in uh, pass blocking efficiency, uh, according to Pro Football Focus, uh, the the Niners last year were fifth in that category. So I, I mean, he's he's going to be behind a line that can keep him clean and keep him from whatever seeing ghosts or whatever his issue was in New York. You compared him to Jimmy G. He has a far larger arm than Jimmy G. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Probably not nearly as accurate. I don't know. It, it's a fascinating situation. My gut feel is that Sam Darnold is going to be the week one quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. I, I'm getting there. Yeah. You're, like, you're just sensing like an information uh, campaign in progress with the 49ers, <laughs> like an education campaign for the public. It, it's like, uh, pretty soon, like, I don't know why this World War II era fighter bomber <laughs> just dropped leaflets all over the Bay Area saying Sam Darnold will, will, should be the starter, but okay. All right. I guess uh, we'll go with it. Uh, it is look. Listen, it is actually a psyop. Like this time, it's real. It, it is real. I know. I'm saying there's going to be like information leaflets dropped all over the Bay Area <laughs> uh, w- with like the stats you were deciding at 8.2. What was the yards over expected? Uh, ad- adjusted yards per attempt. <laughs> I don't know why the U.S. government is spending money dropping these leaflets. Right. But, there's got to uh, be better better use for our tax dollars. There, there and there there is. But uh, Kyle Shanahan isn't sure what they are. We're getting near the end of the show. We've been meaning to talk about your unexpected fantasy points article for several weeks. Sorry, it's so near the end of the show here, Denny. But pretty interesting concept that you had from a few weeks ago. We kind of got lost in the draft shuffle and weren't able to talk about it. But just just basically – you explain that you can yeah, explain it much yeah. better than me. Take us through your so, unexpected points article. Right. So I, I went through uh, expected points, added data from last season. Um, and yeah, I mean that, that involves kind of cherry picking some things, but you know, you, you, you do what you got to do to create content in the off season. But there, there, there were some, there were some uh, interesting takeaways, uh, including how good the dolphins were last year. I, I, I didn't really, I guess I hadn't really come to grips. Like we knew they were efficient, but basically did we get like the full Shanahan or something? Yeah, we did. We did, and, and it was the full Shanahan without all the unnecessary first down rushing attempts. So it's like Shanahan, but better uh, in 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 many ways. And I know that that maybe like sounds sacrilegious to, to folks since it's like his system. But Mike McDaniel definitely knows what he's doing. I mean, th- there's an argument to be to be made here that the Dolphins would have led the entire NFL in EPA per play if uh, Tua had not suffered multiple concussions last year. Like anytime he was in there and healthy, uh, they were lapping the field in EPA. Um, and, you know, because they were doing a lot with, with those over the middle passes uh, to Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, um, you know, they, they weren't protecting Tua nearly as well as, as they should have or could have. Uh, but even so, even so, they were they were excellent, and their running game was efficient as well. Even though they didn't rush out all, all that much, I I I said on Twitter, I was I was wrong. I was wrong about about Tua in that uh, he was really good. Like there there's no two ways about it. He was actually really solid on on deep balls, despite. And I'm sorry, Dolphins fans. Listen, I was a Dolphins fan. I'm with you in spirit, sort of. But Tua's deep ball looks is ugly as hell, man. It's just it ugly. Is. I'm it sorry. Is. Like I don't know why you can't. I don't know why Miami fans can't see it. It's ugly. It's a it's a duck, and it comes down in weird places. And Tyreek Hill just happens to be the greatest receiver in the game. So there, you know. Well, it's the only it's the only deep ball in the league where the fan base gets angry when the team account tweets highlights of it. 
And yeah. like, trying to make him look bad. And, like, it's just how it looks. It's just deep ball. Like, and just someone named Johnny G, 22 year old intern, is just weeping. Yeah. Yelling at him. I thought I was doing a good thing. <laughs> Look, it was not. it's not Johnny G's fault that no, no. that that Tua looks like he's never thrown left handed. <laughs> I know it's true. Yeah, this is a bit. He's throwing left handed. <laughs> Where's the right handed highlight? It's pretty good for his left hand, but it's not. It's not Johnny's fault. Yeah, re- rehire Johnny. Yeah, please bring him back. Where were some other unexpected points? Yeah. So uh, yeah, the 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 Lions, uh, which you know they they really really devastated the analytics community with uh, their first round. They've been on a, a campaign uh, of destruction of uh, <laughs> goodwill, basically. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was that was tough. That was tough to, to swallow. But uh, uh, yeah, the the uh, Detroit Detroit's offense um, led the entire NFL in EPA per play from week nine to eighteen. I mean, and this is this is with Jared Goff at the helm. All right. Um, so they they had one of the league's worst rushing attacks, especially in the second half of the season. Um, but golf led all quarterbacks in adjusted EPA per drop back in the season. Second half, all quarterbacks folks, including, you know, everybody, Mahomes, Burrow, <laughs> Allen, the rest. Okay. I'm not, I'm not leaving out anybody. Okay. Uh, completion. Uh, you know, if you can com- combine completion rate over expected with EPA, which is like a more holistic measure of a quarterback's efficiency, golf ranked third behind only Burrow and Mahomes, like, it was, this is a, I think this is a fantasy friendly system. And I, I, I think we should kind of adjust accordingly to like take shots on peripheral guys, uh, maybe get aggressive on uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, maybe get aggressive on, on the running backs. You know, I was going to say a situation where you may not have liked the real life process for using the number 12 overall pick on a change of pace running back, but you should maybe really like it in fantasy. I agree. I agree. Also, I, I think that, that Jared Goff, uh, uh, barring some sort of philosophical change, I think Jared Goff could profile as a uh, uh, an every week starter in 12-team leagues. Um, I thought you were going to say, for some reason I thought you were going to say, even though this is not something we ever talk about, that you were going to do an MVP ticket on Jared oh. Goff. I think that's how the betting people say it. Uh, I, I would not be, do that. You should. I think uh, I'm thinking about it now. I'm I'm begging you not to do that. Yeah, I, I, don't worry, <laughs> don't worry, no chance, yeah. no chance at that. But uh, yeah, and then uh, some other things, some other takeaways from the piece. You you can find it on the site, and maybe I'll tweet it out for the thirty fifth time. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, really, really shockingly good. Uh, uh, so Cleveland ranked the Cleveland Browns offense last year ranked twenty fifth in EPA with Deshaun Watson dropping back over the season's final month and a half. Uh, before that, they rank sixth. Okay, they rank sixth in EPA per dropback. Like they were good, and then Jacoby Brissett got benched for the for the uh, guaranteed money man, and it all went south. Okay, so that is that that's something. I think both a takeaway for Brissett and Watson. And then I I wrote a little bit about how there's reason to believe that Brissett is the best Washington quarterback in in recent memory. Wow. Um, I know. Can you, can you say down bad? Down unfathomably <laughs> bad. This is this is what the commanders are. Uh, so so yeah, I, I I think that there are some some things that we can take away from last year's EPA data to say, oh, like this guy when he was on the field, he was efficient. And really, efficiency is such a key in finding 
you know, ADP cheat codes, right? Like, like finding guys who are just not being valued the way that they should be. So that that's kind of the premise that I approach the article with. Really, really good stuff. Check it out. Just Google Denny Carter unexpected points. You should be able to find. Unless, you know, you've maybe written about this in the past, so make sure it's the 2023 version. <laughs> yes. I realize what we should have riffed about at the beginning, by the way. You know, yeah. If ever given the chance, would you too shove the owner of the Phoenix Suns? Um, did you follow the, the, the Jokic controversy? Um, or he, yeah, he, did you hear the Phoenix, the Phoenix Suns owner may or may not have flopped and got Nikola Jokic, uh, Jokic ejected from a playoff well, game. You, I think you have to respect that kind of commitment. You do. I mean, I mean, he was actually following his player's lead. Since all NBA players flop all the time. Oh, come on, man. All right. Yeah. What? No, there's no, there's still out of control flopping. And well, if you're still out of control charge taking, I can't see any more charges, man. I just, if you're if you're not flopping, you're not trying. That's true. And I if mean, you're not just letting if you're not just going and mysteriously standing for no reason in front of someone running full speed and then getting knocked over, you're not trying. I mean, LeBron James, the strongest man alive by many measures. <laughs> Goes flying when yes. when a when a six foot one one hundred and eighty pound point guard touches it. Okay, yes. he just goes flying through the air magically. It's it's incredible. It is incredible. The NBA playoffs are incredible, even though they're not on NBC. Um, so don't watch them. <laughs> I would never. We hope you watch the Kentucky Derby. A mage, uh, hell of a horse. <laughs> am, I, am I right, folks? Uh, I, one thing I noticed about Mage is that it is a horse. It is a horse. He's a horsey. He is a horsey who runs very, very fast. I was like, dang, that is is one horse. That is a horse. That's a horse, all right. And that's a podcast. This podcast with Denny Carter and Patrick Doherty is over. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back later this week with Kyle Dvorak to break down the latest NFL news and uh, other stuff. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease. Plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting at Preventive. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.